everybody. Welcome back to Navigating Motherhood. I am so excited to have um, Liz as my co-host tonight. Liz, say hey. Hey, guys. And then I have Shelby Reese here. Shelby, say hey. Hi. And Shelby, just why don't you just jump right? We're just going to jump right in because we have a lot to talk about. So Shelby, just go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us why I asked you to come on tonight. Hi, everybody. Um, I am a licensed counselor and I am certified in perinatal mental health. Uh, so what that means is I work with women who are struggling with postpartum depression, um, anxiety, uh, pregnancy loss, fertility issues, um, and just pretty much trying to navigate and figure out motherhood because we all know how tough it can be. Just such a it's such a change. Um, doesn't matter if it's your first baby or your fifth baby, it, you're a new mother every single time. And each stage of motherhood is tough. So what I do like to help my, my moms and my dads and my parents in general, just try to figure out how to um, get through motherhood without wanting to kill their children. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. They test our boundaries for 100%. sure. You know. We love them, but they drive us crazy. Yes. So do you have kids of your own? I do. I have a um, almost three-year-old and a, how old is he now? Seven months. Seven-year-old seven boy. So I got two little oh, boys. Oh, man. Yes. Oh, two boys. Man. Two boys. Two people with boys. Yes. Like, Liz and our friend group, they're all boys. And Ellie's just hanging out. She's going to be one <laughs> of the guys. Yes, she is. She's going to have lots of guy friends. Uh, Shelby, I have a seven-month-old, seven too. He's my first, and so I'm right there with on that one. Mm-hmm. You're in the thick of that postpartum right now, both of it you. It is there. <laughs> it is there. Rough, right? <laughs> yes. Well, great. And um, Shelby, I heard you said you're married. Like, what's your husband's name? Like, when? how did you guys meet? I always like to listen to that kind of part, yeah. you know? Uh, we. <laughs> Are we? What am I going? Uh, his name's Joseph Reese. I was like, what is his name? It's Joe Reese. Uh, we actually met at <laughs> met at McKendry, where we both went to college. Uh, college at McKendry, and we actually met in a psychology human sexuality class, which is pretty funny. But we actually didn't start dating until quite a few years later, and it was right before we finished school together. So we both graduated together, and then it just kind of. We kind of moved quick. We kind of knew off the bat that we were like the perfect, we were perfect for each other. Um, we moved in together pretty soon after that and got married a couple of years later. And now we have awesome, two little awesome boys. Aw, cute little sweet love story. Yes. I love it. Oh, well, great. Well, I'm so glad you're here. We're going to just go ahead and I, I went ahead and asked all you guys, like if you guys had any questions and I'm not sure if anyone saw the post or not but we kind of came up with our questions Liz and I and so like Holly what do you think where should we where should we approach this like what question do you think we should start with um we could probably start with talking about postpartum and what that kind of looks like yes perfect let's start yes so with postpartum depression and the baby blues, I know a lot of times people can get those kind of confused. A lot of times it scares moms and, um, and dads. It scares the parents in general whenever the birthing person you know, is weepy, crying, sad after they've had their baby. But usually it's not, I mean, it's not always postpartum depression, right? So you, at the beginning, um, postpartum depression does not usually start showing until about a month to six months in. Um, at first, it's just a bunch of mood swings and you're tired and you're trying to figure out how to care for a human being with your hormones going crazy. Um, the lack of sleep is wild. And I know that can be a big part of everything. And that usually is called the baby blues. The baby blues is um, when you're just weepy, your mood's all over the place. You're just kind of irritable. Uh, you're crying over things that normally they wouldn't upset you at all, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And that usually peaks around. Sorry, my, uh, <laughs> my little okay. boyfriend. Hi, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot to lock the door. Anywho. Oh, no. Were you, it's okay. This is a mother <laughs> podcast. So we're all used to it. I was like, there he is. There's my boy. 
So the baby blues usually peak around three to five days after you've had your baby. Um, and then it usually subsides around two-ish weeks is what they typically is the case. Um, and then postpartum depression usually shows around the first to six months. Um, but before that, it's usually just the baby blows. Um, and I know that can get kind of scary because a lot of moms are like, why am I so sad all the time? What's going on? But most of the time it isn't postpartum depression, thankfully. That's great. And that's like, so the first six weeks, that's when they are asking us the questions and checking for postpartum depression. And so if it doesn't even happen in the first six or like typically, typically. it will happen the first week, then why are they asking us then and not later? I think what they're really trying to do is just get an idea of where we're at with this. Um, yeah. They want to keep an eye on it. So if you start answering the questions, they're going to be, they're probably going to say, you know, you might want to start talking to somebody just to make sure you have somebody set in place. Yeah. But you could be more susceptible to, yeah. Right. It, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be postpartum depression just because right. or you may have those feelings the first few weeks of postpartum. So do you ever have anybody um, come to you, Shelby, that maybe is within those first six weeks and they do just have conversations with you about their baby blues and maybe you don't necessarily diagnose them as a postpartum depression? Um, I do. I do. I actually have had quite a few moms who I see during pregnancy and a lot of times they come to see me because they're maybe a little bit more susceptible to postpartum. Um, they may have dealt with a lot of loss before pregnancy losses or, um, like late term losses of babies, um, or just they've struggled in the past with depression. So if you have had depression in the past, you are more susceptible of getting postpartum depression. It doesn't mean you're going to. So I have had a lot of moms come to me and they'll see me through their pregnancy into their postpartum period, just to make sure everything is going well and they're going to feel comfortable and and during that if they're not if they I mean if they don't have depression or anything like that we'll just talk about getting ready for the postpartum period like getting a plan in place do you have support afterwards um what does that support look like how are you going to add in sleep because I know that is one of the hardest things after you've had a baby but it's one of the most important things that you can do and I know they always say sleep when the baby sleeps but sometimes that's not an option so you sleep when you can find it Right? Yeah. Amen. Because I, I think that's one of the worst advices we can give mom is sleep when the baby sleeps because sometimes that's not option. We need to do laundry, right? Mm -hmm. We have to cook dinner. Mm -hmm. Maybe we have other kids that we're chasing around. Maybe we just want to sit and watch TV and we don't want to go to sleep because that's the only time that we can be us without having to care for another baby. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. I know. I always had a hard time because I'm pumped. Mm. And. Yeah. I was trying to um, just, I was trying to breastfeed and it wasn't working. So I would just bump in between feeding her. So by the time it was ready to go to bed, I was like, what, what's the point in taking a 30 minute nap? Right. Like, I don't, I do not. It's going to take me 15 minutes to fall asleep. Right. <laughs> I hear power you. nap. And mm -hmm. I'm not a power napper. I'm mm -hmm. like, I need, I need the full cycle. I need the hour right. and 30 minute mm -hmm. cycle. Are you feeling worse? <laughs> what? You're just going to feel worse if you don't get exactly good napping. Exactly. Oh, that's yeah. I would say sleep. That's make, just makes you like great. Like it like makes you just so delirious without sleep. I'm sorry. Without sleep. Right. Here I am stumbling. Maybe I need some sleep. <laughs> um, no, but thank you for clarifying the baby blues and the postpartum depression. Um, what can we talk before we move on, let's can we talk about the like postpartum anxiety? Because yeah. that I didn't even know existed until um I read something about mom rage. It was an article and I was reading it and I was like, and they said that mom quote quote mom rage is when they people are calling it that is you you literally have anxiety it's anxiety. It's not like it's just anxiety that turns into anger. But I was like, oh my gosh, I have that. Like, okay. I have that. I swear this makes, this makes more sense now. Anyway, so why don't you go over that real quick too? So with postpartum anxiety, it can sometimes look like, like you typically would have anxiety, right? You get the pounding heart and yeah. you're sweaty and 
I hate to use the word anxious, but you feel anxious, right? Um, but you can also add in like scary thoughts about the baby. Either you're going to hurt your baby or um, somebody else is going to accidentally hurt your baby or you're like walking down the stairs and you trip with the baby. So it's just scary thoughts about the baby. Those are called intrusive thoughts. And yeah. with thoughts, just because you have them doesn't always mean you have postpartum anxiety, right? We all have had those silly thoughts like, what if I just turned the wheel and my turn the wheel into the tree, right? We've all had those little right. weird thoughts and afterwards, like, why, why are we having that? Right. But when right. we have it and it's really affecting our lives. So say we're worried that we're going to trip and fall down the stairs with our baby. We won't do it. We won't walk down the stairs, right? We do everything in our power not to walk down the stairs with our baby. Yeah. Um, you're scared of giving your baby a bath because you're afraid you're going to drown your baby or you're going to walk away on accident. Something's going to happen to the baby. You won't drive with your baby because you're afraid you're in a car accident with your baby. So that's when it really starts being an issue, when it starts affecting your life. But just because you've had a thought like, oh, my gosh, what if I I've heard people accidentally they, they're afraid they're actually going to stab their baby when they're cutting something. Right. But it's just a fleeting thought. It's something that kind of pops in your head and you're like, yeah, that's silly. That's not going to happen. Right. That doesn't yeah. mean postpartum anxiety. But if it's an issue and it's actually starting to affect what you're doing and how you're living your life, that's when it can be postpartum anxiety. Okay. What about that mom rage that I mentioned? Is that different? Is that I think mom rage is, it's kind of, it can go in there with postpartum anxiety, but it can also be, you aren't getting the support you need, right? You're tired. You're overwhelmed there's a lot going on you're overstimulated so i definitely think that postpartum anxiety and post and rage can go hand in hand but again it doesn't actually it doesn't have to mean that you have postpartum anxiety as well got it crazy it's just the more you know you know okay so what was our one of our questions about um let's see okay so when we have if we want to, like, what is the point where it's like, okay, so we need to go get some help. Like, I need help. Like, and I know you kind of listed those things. So it's like, if it's keeping you from living your everyday life. Right. Okay. So like, should we, if you need more support and you can, like, should you try to get yourself more support in your unit first? Like, do you need to have that conversation with someone else or do you need to just talk to like I guess where what do you think about you get what I'm trying to say yeah I think it's really your personal preference I never okay. I don't ever a bad thing if you're even questioning it to reach out to a counselor and talk to them because mm -hmm. just because you're struggling doesn't mean like your family support can help you all the way with things if that makes sense you know sometimes yeah. you're gonna somebody who's a professional to sit and talk to you and sometimes it's nice to have that person because with family, if you tell your family, like, I'm afraid I'm going to drown my kids, they may not right. understand. We think that's really scary. They're like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? But in right. reality, no, you're not going to drown your kids. You're just having that weird thought in your head. You know it's not going to happen. You know that's not you. But if a family member hears that, it's like, oh, no. What does that mean? What's going on? Right. So I never think it's a bad thing to reach out to a counselor in general but if you i mean if you have the postpartum if you have baby blues or anything like that and you're like let's i i feel like i'm going to be okay i'm just i'm just going through it right right so it's really just personal preference and what you feel you need that makes sense yeah, yeah absolutely um also after this i want you to go go ahead and give us your contact information because i want to make sure we have that ready and available for people if they listen to this and think I want to talk to someone and she sounds perfect for me. Um, so yeah, I just want to throw that in there real quick before I forgot. Um, okay. So, if you, so we went over the differences. Go ahead, Liz. No, you're good. So, um, so, okay. A person has deemed that maybe they want to go to therapy and so they come to therapy um, what are some things that you would suggest a person do if they do have postpartum depression and or anxiety mm -hmm. and um, they don't want to take medication for that? Understandable. Um, I'm never really a medication pusher because I understand that not everybody wants to take medication. It's one of those things that 
sometimes we do need it and that's okay. Um, but I always say that you need to, it's a good idea to do counseling in general, even if you're taking medication, right? Because medication will only take you a certain way. It'll help, but counseling is going to give you the tools to actually feel better and to know how to deal with things in the future. Um, so when somebody would come to me with postpartum depression, I would try to come up with a support system for them. So that might be, I understand that not everybody has their their legitimate family around. Like they may not have, I, I work with a lot of military, so they, they may be miles and miles away in different states than the family. So what I do is I try to come up with like ideas of, do you have a mom group that you can go to? Somebody that you can reach out to whenever you just need a break, right? Because sometimes we don't have our grandparents or the baby's grandparents to come over and watch the baby if we're struggling. So I always try to come up with an idea of our support systems that you can find that, that could be reaching outside of the box a little bit, thinking outside of the box and seeing what a support system looks like. Do you have friends that you can reach out to if you need that help? Um, is your significant other, your partner, somebody that you know is going to help you because that's not always the case. Sometimes the partners are not something that they can go to. Um, and maybe their partners work all the time. Maybe they're out, maybe they are military and their uh, partner is overseas or in a different state and, de and deployed. So can you go talk to somebody in the military that you feel comfortable talking to? So just finding that support, I think, is one of the most important parts whenever you're struggling and you you need the help, right? Yeah. One of our mom friends in our little group is always first to be like, come drop your kid off and mm -hmm. go do what you want to do. Abby, she's, I mean, quick. She's just like, drop them off. It'll help me out because then they'll play. And right. like, that's so important to have people like that because you, even though like in the moment you're like, no, because I don't want to put her out. It's like, well, she, uh, she wouldn't mm -hmm. offered if she like, wasn't going to be able to give that to you. I always say that they would not offer if they didn't want to help. They didn't, if yeah. they actually cared, they would not offer up that kind of thing. I agree. My first I think, thing. Yeah. I was Go just going to say, I think that um, having, having those people to talk to is a really great thing. I didn't realize that having a little mom group was mm -hmm. so beneficial until I started experiencing, um, you know, those baby blues within the first six weeks and then potentially maybe having those signs of a postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety and being able to just ask them questions, um, especially because their kids are, are older than my child. And so, um, you know, finding somebody who maybe doesn't, has been through it before or, um, is somebody that can go along, uh, with you who has a child the same age could be good too. But, um, yeah, I think that, that having that is great. Right. That's exactly kind of like, I, I like needed support, like not, I mean, obviously I have a family, I have a good, like a husband that's supportive, but it's like, you need, I think fr mom friends are like, just as like valuable, if not more like in certain ways, because you know, they're not your family where, you know, your family's always going to be there for you. Like these moms are choosing to be with you kind of like, you know, I don't know. I just feel like I was like needed people to hang out with. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? I had no one to hang out with. And I was like, we need, like, I'm going, I can't, I can't do this for very long. Like if I keep riding this out, I'm going to be lonelier than lonely. And so I was like, Hey, all these people I met that we were in high school together. haven't talked for four years. Do you guys want to hang out? <laughs> but um yeah i'm so glad that that's a good that's one of the things that i had to do to help me get to keep you know from going down into a, a slip of something i had to make a make a circle mm -hmm. yeah great um so what are some tools because you kind of mentioned tools so this getting a support mm -hmm. circle what are some other tools that you give um moms to do maybe when they're in the moment like where they maybe can't contact you to help them talk through it they got to do it by themselves like what are some tools you give them um one that's really tough but i think is really important too is trying to find time for self-care whatever that looks like for you uh i know 
and that is very hard when you have a kid. So I like to call it even like like the micro self-care, just like even a few minutes if you can take it just to go in the other room and breathe. Or if your little one is sitting and playing, pulling out a book, if that gives you anything, or just just sitting, not don't even let it scrolling through your phone or anything like that, just sitting for a little bit and being kind of present in the in what you're at right now, right? Um, this one I know people don't love, but tablet. Sometimes you need to give that kid a tablet and walk away for a few minutes and give yourself some time, right? There's nothing wrong with a little tablet time sometimes because uh, we all need a break. And that I think that's really important is to know that you can't fully care for your kid if you if your cup is empty. So you have to keep filling your own cup. And if you aren't filling your cup, you can't help your, your little one like you would want to. I think Caddy is uh, paused right now, but I will <laughs> go ahead and jump in. Um, we actually just had a conversation the other day about, you know, people say that you have to put your child first and you absolutely do. But like you said, if you are not well, if you are not um, 100% yourself or even, you know, 80% yourself that day, um, it's going to be really hard to yeah. to be able to put them first and to give them what they need. And so I think that that is really great. I, um, like I said, I have a seven month old. I got him to, you know, lay down in his crib and he was sleeping and I took like a quick shower and it was like five minutes, but you know, that for me was my self care tonight. And it, it was great. And it's crazy that, you know, now we're old and not in school anymore and we have kids and we're looking at, you know, showering as self care, but, um, but it, it is, it's, it is what it is, you know, and yeah. thankful for it. <laughs> I love how you said that putting your child first and that one's such a tough one because we're supposed to put our child first. Yes. But we also have to put our health first too. It's like when we're on an airplane, this is my favorite thing to say when we're on an airplane and you're the stewardess, whatever the person on the plane is telling you, if you, something happens and those things drop from the ceiling, right? The mass. You have to put the mask on yourself first, right? Because if you don't put the mask on yourself first, then you cannot take care of your little one. You can't, right? So if you're not filling that cup, if you're not putting that mask on yourself first, then how are you supposed to parent like you want to? Right. How do you how do you parent without yelling at your kid because you're frustrated and you know not being fully present there? You know you're sad, you're you're anxious, you don't feel like yourself because you're not. Cause you can't, cause you're not taking care of yourself. So you have to take care of yourself. It's one of the, if mom, if dad, if parent isn't happy, then the baby can't be happy. That's just how it is. You've got to do your best to take care of yourself. I completely I can agree. feel like in the moment, whenever I've had enough, like I've hit my threshold of like patience that I can give. And it's like immediately as I hit that threshold, that's when I start yelling mm-hmm. immediately. Or it's like, okay, we're I have we're done. We're dropping what we're doing and we're gonna leave the situation. Right. Because I, I cannot give you any more in this moment. Yeah. It's so hard because then or you yell and then you like later think. Like I was talking about Ellie fighting to go to bed, having this big old fight, this big old fit, then finally she's okay in her crib and I can't help but think maybe I didn't cuddle her enough. Mm. Maybe I didn't give her everything she needed to go to bed happy but like it doesn't matter Mm. she was she doesn't want to go to bed and that's the issue it's not about how much right i gave of myself to her or not that mom guilt gets you yeah i was gonna ask i was gonna ask how does mom guilt relate to like postpartum depression and anxiety because i feel like we all experience mom guilt it's kind of a daily thing i feel like for everybody Kind of like Cadison was just saying, you know, I was sitting here and I put Maddox to bed and I'm, I'm going, actually it was when I was rocking him to sleep. I was going, oh my gosh, I just love you so much. And I could have played with you a little bit longer today, but I decided to take a second for myself and sit and mm-hmm. just reminisce in the moment instead of getting on the floor and playing with you for that 15th time today. You know what I mean? And, and so how, how does how do how does that correlate and um how do you kind of talk talk us out of feeling guilty um when we're feeling that way it's hard i think 
I think most moms experience mom guilt at least sometimes, right? I think that social media plays a big part in mom guilt. We see these perfect Instagram, Facebook worthy pictures of you, you know, the parent playing bubbles outside with their kid and it just looks so magical and it's just so beautiful. But that's not how it is all the time. Sometimes being a parent looks like we accidentally yell at our kid because they're driving us freaking crazy and they're loud and we're overstimulated and we're exhausted. It's just been a long day and they won't freaking listen. They won't go to bed. Right. But then we, we think this is going to traumatize our kid because we yelled at them. Right. But your kid isn't probably going to remember the one time you yelled at them. They're going to remember the 15th time that you played on the floor with them or you you were just outside playing bubbles. Right. We're all human and we're, we're not, there's no such thing as a perfect mom, but there's a perfect mom for your baby. And that's what you guys are, right? You're the perfect parent for your kid. Amen. I love that. I do too. That's great. That's going to be the title of our podcast today. You're the perfect mom for your baby. I love that. That is so good. No. Um, so mom guilt would be common. It's mm-hmm. like, it's just is what it is. It has nothing to do. It doesn't mean you have anything. Oh quotation marks wrong with you you just how you you have generally care for your child yeah you care about them yeah and i think i mean it could it could go with like postpartum anxiety depression because if we're if it's the case that like we're always thinking we're just these horrible parents and we can never do anything and that's a different story but if we're it's popping in our head did we snuggle our baby enough right did we Mm -hmm. play baby enough then it doesn't have to be, it doesn't always have to be postpartum depression, anxiety. Yeah. If it's not affecting our daily <laughs> to do's. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. You're probably going to get through it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, That's good. what comes in, you know, because they will give you that support that you need. You can say, you know, I didn't play for the 15th time and they're going to go, but you played 14 other times. You're fine. <laughs> and they do. Oh my gosh. That circle is great. Oh, man. Yeah. Because then you can be like, listen, um, so my kid is doing all this stuff. And then it's like, so then you like kind of like, you know, you talk crap about your kid in the group chat. And then <laughs> and then you're like, then, then we're all like, send a video. And the video is them going, hey. And we're like, you were just screaming at the top of your lungs <laughs> yep. at me. And now you're going, hi. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like they're just, and then then you're instantly like, no, I promise, like this child was driving me crazy. I thought about throat punching him. That's that's what happened. I thought about it. I didn't do it, and that's pretty big of me. So I deserve a chocolate or something, some sort of reward. You need one. I deserve a shower to myself. <laughs> um. Oh, I have a question. So whenever. When I was, when I was struggling with what I felt like could have led into, or if it was or not, I was never, I didn't ever talk to anybody. I didn't get diagnosed or anything. But when I felt like I was in my depression or anxiety moments, one thing that helped me was a shower. But it was, it was like, uh, like a pressure shower. So I would turn my shower head on like a jet, and I would go all the way down my arm. And back up my arm and down my other arm. And I would just do that, like, my whole, down my back. Just so, like, I think because I was overstimulated. And so I needed to, I needed pressure for me to get un- mm-hmm. overstimulated. To get, whatever. I don't know what the correct way to say that is. But to not be overstimulated. <laughs> so that, if you are a person who, and I'm not, like, a physical touch type of person either. Like, I don't, overtouching is, I will overtouch constantly with Ellie it is even with like my husband it doesn't matter over touching with me is just like a drop of the hat and so but that when I had it's because it's the light touches or it's the hanging and stuff so if I have controlled pressure yeah that helps like reset myself okay I don't know if you ever heard about any of that found that for you it's about finding what works for you because for one person, they'd be like, oh, that sounds horrible. But for another person, like, oh, that may be really handy. 
for me, right? So it's all about finding the coping skill that works for you is what's important. Yeah. Another coping Absolutely. skill that has been great lately because it's been nice outside is I, I feel like before I had a child, I was the type of person that was like, mm, it's like over 70 degrees. Like I'm going to stay inside. Like I'm absolutely not going to go outside. I don't want to sweat. I don't want to, you know, whatever. And I found that um, the last few days, I mean, I, actually about the last week or so, um, I've been outside every single day and I'm not an outside girly. And it really has refreshed and reset myself. He was getting a little fussy. My son was getting a little bit fussy earlier today. And I said, okay, I set up the stroller. We went outside. We walked a mile, came home, and he was great. And so was I. And, mm -hmm. and that, that I found is kind of what I think I've been missing, um, you know, this winter. And so getting outside, even if it's just, you know, laying a blanket out and having the toys out there in the shade and um, sipping water, 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 <laughs> because that helps too, <laughs> um, has, has been kind of my coping too. So yes. Outside for sure. I don't know. Somebody told me it's like, even like same thing with adults, like kids, if you need, if your kids have an interim, you can't get them to calm down. You take them outside or you put them in water. Yep. yep. And, <laughs> and so it's just like, why did why did we stop that? Like as adults, like mm -hmm. the same thing goes for you. If you cannot get yourself together, you go outside or you take a shower or mm -hmm. water, yeah. some type of water. Yeah. Um. So I'm so glad that you're going outside. We've been going outside a lot too, and it's kind of been like, like I didn't know there's a cloud there, but there definitely was. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's just no cloud anymore for the next three days, but. Right. Well, good. I'm glad you found something too, Liz. Great. I agree. Do you I have, have any other things like? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead no, Liz. you're okay. Do you? If you are going to continue going, you're going to edit this, right? I'm going to have to because I disappeared. You're fine. Um, I tried to keep the combo going as you left, so it should be good. But was Thank were you, you going to ask something related to what we were just talking about, or can I bop to a different point? No, bop. bop okay, girl. <laughs> okay. Um, so you're a therapist and, um, as a therapist, I'm sure that you have, you know, clients that you seem work well with you. And so how, as somebody who maybe is looking for a therapist, um, how do I find the right therapist for myself? If I feel like I'm going through postpartum depression or anxiety or even the baby blues, I just need to talk to somebody. How do I find that right person for me? Um, a good resource. It's kind of like, it makes me sound really old, but like the yellow pages and stuff for counselors or like kind of like a Facebook, it's called psychology today. Um, on there, you can kind of find counselors in your area, which is nice. It, they may not specifically be uh, certified in postpartum and perinatal. Uh, it doesn't mean they won't be. You can find some in your area for sure. But sometimes maybe if you, even if you can't find somebody who's certified in it, doesn't mean that they won't be a good fit for you, right? Um, but there you can kind of read descriptions of counselors. You can go, you can find their Facebook pages if they have them or... Um, maybe they have websites and you can get a better idea if they sound like a good fit for you and just try them. It's kind of trial and error. Like it's like a doctor's appointment or doctors or a hairdresser or anything like that. Not one counselor fits all, right? So you may go to a counselor and you're like, eh, this doesn't feel like a good fit. Then keep trying. Don't be discouraged just because it isn't a good fit for you. It's about finding the right counselor for you. I saw something one time it was like, I started going to a counselor and I, we don't really mesh, but I don't know how to like break up with them. <laughs> tell, I always tell a client if they don't feel like I'm a good fit for them, it's okay. You don't have to keep coming to me. I understand that I'm not going to be a good fit for everybody. It's no hard feelings. Like I said, it's like a hairdresser or doctor or anything like that. Sometimes it just, it doesn't mesh and it's fine. You know, just don't worry about hurting somebody's feelings. This isn't about the counselor. This is about you. And if it doesn't feel like a good fit, don't come back, you know, let them know yeah. that they're not a good fit. It's fine. And move on find somebody that is. I feel like I know um, the answer to this question, but I kind of want you to elaborate a little bit on it. 
Um, so I know we're talking postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. Um, but do you recommend if somebody is, even if they aren't diagnosed with that and they, you know, are having ups and downs or having days where they're feeling upset and maybe they don't feel um, like they have a mom circle or have a supportive person that they can speak to, do you recommend therapy for, um, for moms who are struggling, even if it's not necessarily diagnosed with something? For sure. I think, I think a therapist is good for everybody. I think everybody could use a therapist, to be honest with you, because it's that person who isn't going to judge, but also will kind of call you out when you need it. Right. It's like that third, that third party or I guess second party person who isn't going to be, isn't there to judge, but is there to help you through stuff that you're, that you're going through. Like I see, I've seen plenty of moms who uh, may not have postpartum depression or anxiety, but they're just really struggling with navigating parenthood because it is not an easy thing to do. They may feel alone, isolated. It isn't what they thought they would, thought it would be. Maybe they thought it'd be completely different or, you know, maybe it's, there are days that it's harder than others and they just need somebody to talk to. So it doesn't always have to be because you're struggling with postpartum depression, anxiety. Maybe you're just struggling in general with parenthood and you want to go talk about it, right? Some days you may come in and you're really sad. Another day it's because your kid's driving you crazy and you need to rant about your your spouse is driving you crazy. They're not helping enough with the kid that day and it's starting to really get to you. So I think counseling can be good for anybody. That's great. I think it'd be good to have, go ahead. I was going to say, maybe somebody listening will take that and be able to do what they will with it. You know, reach out to somebody, even if they don't think that they have postpartum depression or anxiety, hopefully they're able to use that information and, and be able to talk to somebody. I think it's great. A thousand percent. I was thinking like, I had said to myself multiple times, like, I think I need to talk to someone. I think I need to go see someone. And I never did anything about it. It was partly because I like didn't know where to go. And Mm -hmm. like, I know, and I didn't know, like, I could afford it. I didn't know. I didn't know, like, okay, so how do I go about figuring? And then that just gave me anxiety. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And then I just had, then I was just like, well, I don't know, I don't know what to do. Like, I was just, and so I would just like bury it and just like, okay, moving on. You can do this. You're fine. You got it. Just keep pushing. Cause it was like almost like trying to figure out how to get myself help. Yeah. Was like, gonna, I was going to need help after that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hear yeah. Um, so I'm glad that you mentioned the, um, what was it that you said? Today is a good, um, yes. a good thing to look at. Also, uh, what is it? So, what is it? Postpartum Support International. That's where I'm certified. Through. I should know that. But Postpartum Support International is also a really good resource. On there, they have like online support groups as well, which is kind of cool. Um, and they have you can find it's like a directory of counselors as well who are certified in perinatal mental health. Uh, you may not find, I know it's kind of hard to find them in your area is the only issue. But like I said, it doesn't, being certified in it is amazing. But some, if you can't find that, don't let that discourage you, right? You can still find a counselor that you click with, even if they're not certified in perinatal mental health, right? Yeah. Uh, Facebook groups. So mom Facebook groups are a really good one. I can't tell you how many times I've been on, like, I'm from, I'm in like the Belleville, Illinois area, but I've seen so many on the Belleville, Illinois or O'Fallon pages, moms looking for counselors. So that's a really good resource because those are people who live in that area. They may be going to those counselors or know of those counselors. Yeah. And it's like a, it's a reference of somebody who's actually either went to them or know how, how they fit with you. Right. So that's a really good one. Friends. If you feel comfortable talking to your friends, like, do you know anybody? Have you ever been to a counselor? Who did you guys like? Because the amount of people who will tell you after you've kind of asked them about it is kind of amazing, right? Yeah. I was just thinking that the fact that they feel comfortable enough to, like, message in the mom group on, on Facebook, a Facebook mom group. Just yeah. like, hey, like, that's that's great. That's something I probably could have done mm-hmm. to, get, to get help. But, you know. Also, it's never too late if I still wanted to go. I have all these resources now. I'm so happy. And hopefully somebody that listens 
to this is going to be have the resources too before you know before they go okay i can't figure all this out and just right. and just tough through it which is fine too but you know so i'm glad this is great you can also um call your insurance company so if you have insurance you can call yeah. your insurance company and ask them who is in network for you and they'll give you a list of counselors and then from there you can even look them up and like a lot of most i would say most a lot of counselors have the psychology today um so you can see if they're on there google them look on just Google them on Facebook, see if they have a Facebook page and see if they post anything that looks like something you're interested in or if they seem like a good fit for you. I love it. Great. Um, Shelby, do you have, do you have anything like that advice or tips or something that you wanted to talk like that you really wanted to share that we have not hit yet or anything? Um, I think we talked about a lot of it. Maybe one that I think would be important is like the overstimulation. Cause I know you talked to talk a little bit about that. You know, love yeah. with overstimulation after, you know, they may feel really touched out after a day of their kids hanging on them, all the loud noises. Um, they may be overwhelmed by it all at the end of the, I feel like the end of the day is a really tough time, right? Oh my gosh, I hate it. Oh, who likes bedtime? Bedtime, we're getting ready to start bedtime soon. And I'm just dreading it because bedtime is right. literally worst thing in the world hate bedtime yeah right long there's yelling usually it's like just put your damn diaper on because i don't want to do this anymore it's time for bed right i literally was you have to ask my husband before i came on i had to get myself together and i was like i i freaking hate bedtime i don't know why this happens all the time it's been a week straight and it ruins my whole i'm just like and then i'm like okay i'm gonna sit down and turn this turn on this (laughs) Classic. Get my <laughs> That's your breaks. Trying to take a little break, right? Take a break and breathe. Step yes. away to make. Of course, make sure your kid's safe. Your kid's safe and they're having yeah, shoot. or they're you know it's getting a little overwhelming or overstimulated. Step away for a minute, right? They're fine. You yeah. know that's where you put them in front of a tablet for a few minutes so you can go to the bathroom and lock the door and just sit there for a second. Just take a timeout because we all need, I mean, we talk about putting our kids in like a timeout, right? A time where they can calm down and relax. We need that too. Yeah. We need to put ourselves in timeout. I yeah. love that. <laughs> put Give yourself us- in timeout. Step away, step away from a little bit if we need to. Um, another one that I really like if you're overstimulated by noises, um, like earbuds. Yeah or your plugs are really good. So they're not going to completely numb everything, but it's gonna kind of drown out the sound a little bit. Cause I, I get very overstimulated with noise. So I'll come home after work and I'll pop in my ear earplugs. I got these things called loops. They're really cute. They're like little um, earplugs, but they're pretty. So, you know, who doesn't like earplugs? And I'll pop them in after work. Cause I know when I come home, I've been dealing with people's feelings all day. So I know I'm a little like feeling doubt and then I'm gonna have my, baby screaming because he wants my boob and then I'm going to have my toddler to help me unpack my lunchbox and my husband's going crazy because he's been with the kids all day because he watches the kids while I work all day poor guy (laughs) oh wow so he's a stay-at-home dad kind of he works he actually brings the kid to work when he does work because he's a personal trainer so cool but he's pretty much he's a stay-at-home dad slash working dad because he takes them with him all the time so he's with the kids all day but I come home from work and he's like, you know, losing it. Have you ever seen that video where the they're like, what I picture coming home from work when my husband comes home from work and he or, and like it's super pretty and the house is all pretty. But then the, the flash forward video is like the mom screaming and like there's like coconuts and they're hitting them off their head and stuff. That's what my poor husband does whenever <laughs> I come. He's trying to kick in. Kids are screaming. I'm overwhelmed, so I put in these little like these loops and it kind of drowns out the sound a little bit. So it's just not as loud. Yeah. That can be very helpful too. Great. I I get really overwhelmed with sound. I feel like when it's the repetitive sound, it's just the over and over the whining or the yes. mommy, 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 mommy. Okay. 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 She's super repetitive right now. I don't know who she's to. I don't know what it is about repeating things, but it's they run out. They don't can't say very many words. So the words right. they can say, they're gonna repeat them, I guess. And I'm just kind of like, that's when uh, those earplugs would come in very handy. So at least it like numbs it or like mutes the sound yeah. a little bit enough that it's like not as annoying. Absolutely. 
That's great. That is great. Genius, actually. <laughs> Man. Catch Cadison uh tomorrow with her new loops in. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll need to post a picture. They're adorable. Be like, colors and there's different like did like I don't know how to use it, say the word, but there's like different like steps in it. So there's like one that numbs it or like, I keep saying numb, mutes it like a certain amount. And then there's one that mutes it a little bit more. And there's one that like, you put through, there's like, you put these in on a concert, you can't even hear the concert. So there's like okay. stages of these ear earplugs that you can buy too. I'm going to need all three. Yeah. So um, real annoying. That's when you put in the big ones. <laughs> right. I need them for the car. I know that sounds bad. I don't know if that's, like legal but like i'll yeah. put my headphones on in the car like mm -hmm. i have and i wear them and i'm like give me a ticket at this point right i, don't I can't <laughs> i cannot i cannot and they're they're like noise cancellation now uh -huh. i can still hear i can right. hear her going nah, 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 nah. and you know i just can't make out what she's saying Little and bad. like you said it's not as loud so it's yeah. not as overstimulating correct Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was funny. Me and my well, my husband, he's home with the kids all day. He was talking about how he always used to listen to music before we had kids. Like, you would have him playing in the house. We have an Alexa. But now, since he's had, we've had kids, he's like, I don't even want to listen to music because he's like, when it's quiet, I just want it to be quiet. He'll find himself driving and there's no music playing. And he's like, what is this? It's quiet. Like, he, he's doing yeah. everything to enjoy the quiet when he can because he's home with kids. That's really cool. I would love to hear, like, we might have to have you guys come back and then hear from, like, a like a, a dad's point of view when he's, yeah. like, I don't know, a stay-at-home dad, but, like, working dad. Yeah, he'd be all about it. He's, like, he's a birth junkie, like, I love it. nerd with me now. I've taught him all my ways, so <laughs> don't get him started on birth. He will talk all day about it. It's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> I love it. He probably would love our podcast. He probably would. He's a, I got to become a birth nerd. So fine. Oh, I love it. Yeah. You had a home birth, didn't you? They had to have a home birth. Yeah. The pictures Bad were ass, beautiful. man. They were Thank beautiful. You. Yeah. It was, it was very, I know that you've had some of you had a home birth on your show, right? I feel like I remember seeing on your page. Yeah. I I'm, did. Have, I'm all about it. Very cool experience. Yeah. She, she had a few. Like Did she, she had two. Um, she had two. One, she had to end up going to, to end up going to, to the hospital. Um, but she talks about all the preparation and everything, like to get her body ready to be able to do this at home. Mm -hmm. It was so inspiring. And like, even if you don't want to do it at home, um, like we need to prep, prep our bodies a lot better for this yeah. birth. Like the things I would, uh, things I'm going to do different the next time, man. Like. But yeah, anyways, and just like with this podcast and even with talking about postpartum depression and anxiety, like we're not doing this to make you like make the listeners, the moms nervous. We're right. doing this so that you have all this extra education for when you do go through something like this, you know, you have the tools to help you or you have the resources to reach out to. And it's just all about preparing. You don't want it, you already feel alone, so if you have the resources available, it's still going to feel scary, but maybe it won't feel as scary because you'll know where to turn to. So now, like you said, yeah. you're like, like I didn't know who to. How do I find a counselor? Where do I go to find somebody? Like, is this normal? Should I be worried? Yeah, be yeah. That was a. I was. I was so back and forth between. Is this normal? Is this a normal feeling? Is this not a normal feeling? And like to the point when it was like like I got so angry, I just like was like shaking and like yeah. I would just grab the remote. I'm gonna be real raw here and open, guys. I grabbed the remote and I just hit myself with it. Okay. And I was so I just hit myself with it and I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? But like, did it make me feel better? No. Did I get this aggression out? Yeah, but like I hurt myself in a way, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, okay, this is not healthy. But it didn't go any further. Like mm -hmm. I talked to my I talked to my doctor about it. My and I feel like I had a doctor. Yeah. I reached out to her and she says, It sounds like you need to find something 
to kind of get this aggression out before before it reaches like you're really idle at the moment you need to find something to um elevate your heart rate and in, in a positive way right. and so then i was like okay i need to start working out and or doing something that i like to do that's gonna make my heart rate go up and me get this positive aggression yeah um and then it never happened anything like that ever happened again but I mean, I feel like that's a pretty big, like, hey, you probably should talk to somebody. Right. <laughs> Which yeah. I did. I did. I talked to my doctor. So, Good. but I do, like, wish I would have had the resources to, like, at feasible, like, at my hand, at my fingertips to find somebody. And so I'm really glad that you came on and talked so that people can feel a little bit more equipped. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. think don't prepare parents enough for postpartum no at all it we don't even we don't prepare them medically like i've had so many women come to me and they're like i didn't know i would feel like this i didn't know i'd be bleeding for this long i didn't know it would feel like this when my milk would come in yeah i didn't know whatever and we don't talk about it it's it's not talked about it's kind of swept underneath the rug like like birth in general is not talked about i yeah. i went for my first baby and I didn't know for a first time mom you can push for four hours like who doesn't talk to them about that why uh, is that yeah so then it's scary like birth birth shouldn't be scary neither should postpartum and we need to talk about it yeah it shouldn't be scary so when it is that's when it's like hey what what's going on mm-hmm oh, that's so great wow well Shelby I think we need to probably wrap this up but you are thank you for like coming on and sharing all your knowledge and i really want to have you back at some point because i just feel like you have so much to offer so much to say and um i think we really did tonight equip our listeners with some good details some good tips some good um resources and so i just i really thank you for yes. coming on and talking anytime and Liz, thank you also for being open and vulnerable and sharing everything that you shared. I know it's not easy. So absolutely. It was good catching up with you, Shelby. And I do thank you as well for sharing all of your information. Anytime. Like I said, I think that we need to educate our parents about it. And if we don't, it's just going to keep keep happening and we're not going to be able to get the help we need. Exactly. Jen said, better myself. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Say bye. Bye. bye.